two of the Bill Michaels Show on a warming up Tuesday. How we looking? Good to have you. We're going to have Matt LaFleur coming up here uh, in just a bit as he'll be speaking to the media, getting ready for that. And uh, you'll hear that, by the way, coming up here shortly. We'll give you some reaction to that as well. Also, Mark Schofield going to be joining us coming up here in about 20 minutes, uh, 20, 25 minutes. We'll talk with him. Going to talk some Brewers baseball. Andrew Wagner is going to be here today. Going back to the last hour and kind of where we were wrapping things up. And it's, you know, um, and, and this is from uh, from from uh, Lane. Lane says that uh, Aaron Rodgers is okay as our quarterback. He doesn't have to be perfect as a person. Lane, I, I agree. I agree. I, we were just comparing kind of like, you know, the, the top two quarterbacks in the National Football League, you probably say, are, are Tom Brady. He reigns supreme. And then Aaron Rodgers probably right behind him. Aaron obviously doesn't have the rings that Tom does, but certainly statistically, numerically, efficiency-wise, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. There's no doubt. There's two elite quarterbacks that are that reign supreme in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is is the other. and But when you compare the trajectory of the two. Brady uh, wins a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, gets there past Aaron Rodgers to do it, has a, a season last year in which they kind of, you know, they had a lot of injuries and got him to the postseason. They just couldn't overcome and then decides in the offseason to retire. Uh, he's got his family. He's got, you know, his wife obviously makes, you know, quite a bit of money and the kids and such. And They've, uh, there was some talk about him in the offseason becoming a part owner of the Miami Dolphins. There was talk about him going to the Dolphins. Um, a lot of rumors that were thrown out that were emphatically denied. But he then takes some time away after retiring, decides to come back. Everything seems to be set up. Uh, and then you've got Fox who says, hey, when you're ready to come, come on, let's go. 300 million bucks. Let's do it. You know, so he's getting the money. And then he's got TB12, which is his company and his foundation. And he's got a movie coming up and he's got all of this. And then you got, you know, Aaron, who, you know, professes his love and his engagement to Shailene Woodley, which very quietly goes away. Um, He makes news for misleading, if you will, the whole COVID issue has a controversial offseason last year. A better offseason this year, very much so. Uh, and I give him credit for that. Get, you know, his big highlight was the match. And then obviously signing the contract and coming back to play football. Um, he does his thing on Pat McAfee, uh, which is huge. But it's just, you know, obviously the relationship side of things, the family side of things, there's just a different tra- trajectory there. It's not right or wrong. It's just, it's just a comparison of the two. And now you come into this season – and you don't know after Devontae Adams kind of laid it out there that said, hey, no offense to Jordan Love, but he's a nice guy, but he ain't the guy. And he didn't want to stick around here because he didn't know if Aaron was going to be here for one year or two, but never alluded to anything beyond two. So you just, you just it's just two different paths right now, I guess is the best way to put it. And, and it's not a good or bad thing. It's just you look at where it's at, you know. That's all, which is why there's a, a, you know, a DEFCON 1 level of importance to this season. I mean, don't you feel that going into this season, that there's this level, high level of importance? Because this might be it. 
I mean, I, te- I tend to think there's two seasons at least, maybe three. But then Aaron gets into the whole one-two-one thing explanation of the contract and and what it is, and I, you know, it's like, oh, okay. You just are you are you back for two seasons, three seasons? Or are you just you know you're just going to play it by year, day by day, that type of thing. So it's just two different paths. That's all. It's not making one right or one wrong. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven. 1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Um, what else do we have here to, for you? This is, uh, who is this? Time to Fly. Time to Fly says, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be just fine. A lot of pressure being put on his arm to make this team go. Once again, he has to be the engine that drives the rest of the green and gold train. But isn't that the way it is for every good quarterback in the National Football League? Isn't that the way it is for Matthew Stafford? Isn't that the way it is for Joe Burrow? Isn't that the way it is for Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Derek Carr now? Right? Isn't that the way it is for isn't that the way it is for Tua with the pressure that he has? Picking up Tariq Hill, picking up the weapons they have, bolstering the offensive line. They're kind of giving him the here's the keys to the car, now go prove it. Right? Kyler Murray, look what's going on with him. I I think that's the way it is for everybody, for every quarterback. Uh, Let's do this. Uh, Matt LaFleur at the podium speaking. We'll we'll take as much of this as we can. We'll take a break, and then we're going to come back. We've got Mark Schofield coming up as well. But I want to get all of this in. I want to talk about it uh, because uh, this is going to be probably the last time we get a chance really to hear from the head coach until uh, everybody reconvenes for training camp. Matt LaFleur at the podium talking to the media. Here we go. Yeah, it's definitely a continuation. Um, might not have as many, but I think this it's a great opportunity for a lot of these young guys that um, that need these reps. So really that's where the focus lies is, is with these guys and try to get them as many opportunities as possible. And Matt, just with having a more traditional offseason program this year, how did you feel about the work? You know, you guys were able to get in the spring, you know, especially a lot of the young guys coming in. Yeah, I thought we did, you know, our guys uh, came in with the right mindset and it was very, very productive. It was nice to get back to some normalcy and uh, having these guys around all off season and implement a few new things and really in each area. And so I think it, the foundation's been laid, so to speak, And but it is important over the course of these next however many days, 40 days or whatever it is, um, that these guys continue to build upon what they've done and come in to training camp in great shape and ready to go. Do you expect to have Alan Lazard out there today in the I do not anticipate seeing Alan today. As long as a practice, this is a question probably better for those 40 days from not sure you just mentioned. But what do you think of your whole line? Obviously, it's been really good, but you know, you got Dave coming off the ACL, Elton. Josh didn't play a whole lot last year. What do you think you might have there? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think uh, time will tell. Uh, I think it's always a little bit more challenging, really, when, when you talk 
up front, offensive line, defensive line, this time of the season without pads on, you know, how, how are they going to look? You know, we've done so much jog through tempo versus full speed tempo. Um, but, you know, we're excited. I think we've got some, some pieces to work with and it's going to be how these guys attack the, really the, the summer and the kind of shape they come in at, in at training camp and how we kind of grow together throughout the course of training camp. Matt, when Mike Sherman was coaching GM here, his right-hand man was named Mark Hatley. And, and, and Hatley always talked about this time of year, he was terrified of these next six weeks when the guys go away. Um, whatever, just the opportunities to get into trouble, I guess. But what do you tell them as, as they leave? Um, just to kind of make sure they stay the stay the course, stay you know, stay the straight and narrow. Yeah, the same thing we preach each each and every day is you you got to take advantage of your opportunity. Obviously, there's a a standard of which you have to conduct yourself, not only you know on the field, but but off the field as well. And understand that you represent the Green Bay Packers, and you know we're we're very fortunate that we've got a very strong locker room. And I think that really comes from the, the veteran leadership we have on this team. And um, those guys definitely uh, gave their their two cents prior to leaving last week. You know, when you have Aaron, you have Mercedes, kind of just giving those young guys some wisdom on how they need to conduct their, their selves. And just really the discipline that it takes throughout the course of when guys aren't in the building, uh, it takes a lot of a lot of discipline, and um, you know, just staying up to up to speed with what they've learned to this point in terms of just uh, the, the schematics of the game, and then again, getting yourself in the best shape possible so that you, you know we we can't be going backwards over these next five weeks. So, but I, I do think that Goody and his staff have done an outstanding job. Just bringing in high-character guys, and that makes it a lot less terrifying, if you will, uh, when they leave for these next five weeks. When we talked to Sammy Watkins last week, he was pretty open and honest about the ups and downs of his career and his mindset coming in. Vrabel talked about going out to dinner with him saying, he's a little more mature. How did Sammy come off to you after your time with him with the Rams and where he's at right now? Well, Sammy was great for us. Um, just a guy that came to work each and every day. And, you know, we, we didn't get Sammy until uh, it was a couple of weeks into training camp. So um, he had to pick it up pretty quickly, and he did a heck of a job with that. I, I think it's always tough when you're learning a new system. Um, and I think it's been advantageous that we got him early in this process for him to go through it, uh, you know, and, and actually get some on-the-field work with us just and and learn all the terminology and how we call things because it's not identical to what he learned five years ago in in LA and he's been in a couple systems since then. So, um, but no, he definitely. I think all of us we've all, we've all grown and learned and you know I'm excited for what he could do for us this fall. There you go. That's Matt Lafleur speaking to the media. And uh, talking a little bit about kind of when guys when guys leave the facility, you know, w- your concern is you got the next four or five weeks 
please don't do anything stupid. <laughs> that's right now. That's it. So uh, getting ready for the regular season and such, and, and training camp. Just don't do anything stupid. Let's just be smart, like we preach it every day. Just be, be, be. Uh, don't do anything. You want to, you want to kind of grab on to everybody if you can. So let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. Mark Schofield's going to be joining us. We'll hear the rest of the Matt Lafleur presser coming up here in just a little bit. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pindell, a quality machining fan- manufacturing company. Right here in the state of Wisconsin, that's Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com, Pindell.com. And uh, they're looking for good people, So, and they're paying well. So if you're looking for a job and you want a career, not just a job, but a career, you can get in over there and uh, can grow in the company, and uh, they, you know, they they help you along the way. They train you as well. So go to Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com. That is Pindell.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. And uh, stop in. You still got uh, about another week and a half left if you're going to get registered for the 2022 Chevy Ca- uh, Camaro SS that they're giving away just before the NASCAR race, the uh, Quick Trip 250 up at Road America. So stop in. Use your Quick Rewards card. And uh, you, too, could possibly be a winner. One of the ten finalists that are going to be called to the Oosthof up in uh, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, to have a shot at getting that thing. Uh, brand new 2022 Chevy Camaro SS. Looking forward to giving that thing away. Joining us now on the hotline, our friend Mark Schofield, NFL Wire, joining us at Mark Schofield. You can find his stuff. So, Mark, uh, first of all, thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes as uh, all these camps begin to wind down. This is when uh, a lot of head coaches start to hold their breath to make sure none of their guys do anything stupid, right? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you do in June and July if you're an NFL head coach. Once you get done through mandatory minicamp, it's like you said, you hold your breath, you don't want to hear that or that phone ring or get that vibrated on the nightstand with your phone buzzing at 3 a.m. with some bad news coming in. It's, you know, everybody go home, rest up, don't be silly, don't do anything dumb, and we'll see you when training camp begins. So the the Packers, we were sitting yesterday talking a little bit about this, and we were talking about how the Packers, they there's a lot of question marks, even though it's pretty simple with Aaron Rodgers and company, there's still a lot of question marks on this team for the fact that we don't know what their offensive line is going to look like. Uh, they, Matt LaFleur did say today they fully expect uh, David Bakhtiari to be ready to go come training camp, which is the first time they emphatically have said that. They won't have Elton Jenkins ready. We're not quite sure who's going to be the starting five. We don't know about the wide receiving core specifically. With as many, the, the one sure thing is Aaron Rodgers, but with all the different question marks, what do you think? What do you expect out of the Green Bay Packers? I mean, even with those question marks, it's hard to look at Green Bay and not consider them favorites, not just in the division, but, you know, among the favorites in this conference. And what's working in Green Bay's favor, even with these question marks, and we've talked about this, Bill, the NFC is not the AFC. The AFC is loaded right now. You look at the number of teams in the AFC that people could consider playoff contenders, playoff favorites, division favorites. It's a loaded conference. The NFC is a little bit more wide open. You've got Green Bay, you've got Tampa Bay, you've got the Rams, maybe Arizona, some other teams, Dallas, Philadelphia with the additions that they've made. But it looks like Green Bay is in a position right now where 
they should still be considered among the favorites in the conference. But there are questions, like you said, who's going to be the starting five? Who's going to, you know, the questions about the right tackle position, if, you know, he's not ready to go right away, who's going to slide in there? Is it a situation where you're going to move, you know, Josh Jaiman over there? Are you going to have Zach Tom, the rookie out of Wake Forest, a fourth-round pick? Are you going to slot him in as a starter tackle? Rasheed Walker, a seventh-round pick? Are you going to slide him over to right tackle? There are some, going to be some questions about the offensive line as we get rolling. And certainly, with the departure of Devontae Adams, there are going to be questions about the receiving room. Can Christian Watson take on a big role as a rookie? Will there be the chemistry that you need between quarterback and receiver between Rodgers and Christian Watson? Can Sammy Watkins stay healthy and be a contributor? Are you going to see more from Amari Rodgers? So there are certainly questions around the Green Bay Packers, but even with those questions, given the state of the NFC at large, I think they're still in a good position. The uh, the defense, we all believe, can be really, really good. I don't know if it's going to be consistently a top-five defense, but uh, for the first time in a long time, I think we're looking at a secondary that could be top-five. We're looking at a linebacking core that's strong and a def- defensive front that's strong. Are we seeing a shift, do you think, in the Packers where it's always been an offensive team that just goes out and outscores everybody? I think this has the ability now to be a shutdown defense and continue to get, continually give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers, thus giving him more opportunities to score. I think that's exactly right. You sort of walked through it there, Bill. This on paper right now, has the potential to be a very good, like you said, I'd say a, a top five type of defense. And my colleague Doug Farrar over at Touchdown Wire wrote a piece after the draft saying that, you know, the defense might be what gets the Green Bay Packers to a Super Bowl because you look at the talent at all three levels of this defense. You mentioned the secondary out of the gate. It's a tremendous secondary. But then you look at what they added at the second level, right? You bring in Quay Walker in the first round, athletic type of linebacker. You look at pairing Devontae Wyatt with Kenny Clark up front, which I think is an absolute dream pairing if you're a defensive coordinator, a nightmare scenario if you're an offensive line coach. Because it used to be you're facing Green Bay, you double-team Kenny Clark up front, and you're going to be okay because you can win the rest of the one-on-ones. That goes out the window when you put Devontae Wyatt next to Kenny Clark on the inside. You're going to have to try to get doubles and combos on both of those guys up front. If you leave one of them in a one-on-one situation, you're going to lose more than you win. And that's not a situation you want to be in as an offensive line coach or an offensive coordinator. So I think this defense, like you said, Bill, is on paper a very good defense. And it could be the unit, you know, like you said, if you not you don't have to shut teams out. It's almost impossible to pitch shutouts in today's NFL, given the way the game is played. But if you can give Aaron Rodgers a couple of short fields a game via a turnover or a fourth down stop, or you pin them deep and you get a good, you know favorable punt return, you start out at midfield. The more short fields you give number twelve, the better you're going to be as an offense, even with some of those question marks we just talked about. With the wide receiving core being the biggest question mark, how much do you feel? That the rookies then, because Aaron Rodgers has never thrown more than 38 passes to a rookie in their you know first season. So I, I kind of feel that maybe he's not going to give 70 passes to Christian Watson. But I think that between him and Romeo Dubs, they can maybe end up with about, say, 75 to 80 catches. And maybe that then supplants a little bit of the loss uh, of what you lost with Devontae Adams. Not to say they're going to end up with eleven or 1,200 yards, but between the two, they may be able to offshoot one Devontae Adams. Do you think that? I think that's certainly possible. The other thing I think you would keep in mind here is, particularly with Christian Watson, targets or touches, right? Because he might not see 70 targets. I, I, like you said, Rodgers, it's been historically shown that 
He's a little bit, you know, working the receivers, the rookie receivers into the play, the passing game, I think is a good way to phrase it. But they can do some different things with them, some manufactured touches, some sweeps, some fly sweeps, jet sweeps, maybe a couple of screens here and there. You know, you might not get 70 targets for Christian Watson per se, just for him alone, but you might get, say, 50 touches from him. And then you get 30, 35 targets for Romeo Dubs, that gets you north of 80. And, and so I think between those two, Targets and touches, yeah, you can probably create and manufacture, say, 80, 85 opportunities for those two receivers, even if you're not just doing it straight through the passing game. And I think, that you, like you said, you're probably not going to get a full replacement for a Devontae Adams season. You're not going to get maybe 1,200 yards and 8, 9, 10, 11 touchdowns from those two guys. But if you can get close to those opportunities, and more than anything else, force secondaries to worry about those guys, that's going to really help this offense. The area we know, which was such pro, so problematic all throughout last season with special teams, the hiring of Rich Basaccia. You tell me, how much does this mean to the Green Bay Packers in your eyes? Huge. I mean, I think it's huge. And, you know, we, we saw that playoff game. You know, we saw this be an Achilles heel for this organization last year. Very good to great offense, good defense, special teams was a problem for them and a basically was a big contributor to them going home early or a lot lot earlier than people expected. And so adding a voice that we saw, you know, right the ship in Las Vegas last year when that team was going through a number of different off the field situations and it looked like the Raiders were going to fold to have them get to the playoffs under his leadership, his experience, his guidance. I think that's going to be huge for this team. So, you know, you don't have to be the best special teams unit in the league. But you can't be near the bottom. And that's where the Packers were last year. You know, if you're an average special teams unit, which I think they can be under his guidance and leadership, that's going to really help this team next season. Uh, We're talking, by the way, with Mark Schofield, NFL Wire. You can find his stuff at Mark Schofield. You can find it right there. So let's talk about the rest of the division. Uh, I don't think Minnesota's ready to fly by any stretch of the imagination. They have aspirations of a new regime that's going to bring a breath of fresh air. Kirk Cousins is going to be great. How close do you think Minnesota is to what Green Bay is? I mean, I, I still think, you know, if you want to put it, say, in games, you know, you know, probably in terms of the win-loss record, a game or two behind. Uh, I think that's a fair way to put it for Minnesota. Now, could they put it all together? Perhaps. But we're also talking about having a lot of faith in Kirk Cousins that at times he looks like he can be the quarterback that you need to win games because of in the National Football League. But at times he looks more like the quarterback you win games with. And, you know, he, he's sort of been that hot and cold type of player. He's had opportunities in playoff games, primetime games, where he hasn't quite delivered when he needs to for Minnesota, and that's going to remain a question mark for them. Yes, Justin Jefferson, a tremendously talented receiver, you know, one of my favorites to watch and to study, and a favorite of mine getting back to his draft cycle, but Adam Thielen's been banged up. You know, who is going to be their sort of wide receiver three? KG Osborne looked good at times for them, but if they do run a lot of three three receiver, 11 personnel packages, can he sort of step up? You know, are you going to finally see the best of Irv Smith? I know a lot of people have been waiting for Irv Smith to take that step forward. You know, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Offensive line's got some question marks, too. Well, as it stands right now, it's looking like Ed Ingram, their second-round pick, might have to start at right guard for them. You know, will he be able to hold up? And then, they, yes, you know, Zedaria Smith obviously gives them a pass rushing presence, but you're looking at potentially two rookies in the secondary, some question marks there as well. And so uh, I think they've got more questions right now than the Green Bay Packers do. And so I think that's sort of, you know, how I view it right now. Green Bay Packers, like I said, favorites in this division as we sit here in June. Uh, real quick, the battling it out for the basement is going to be between the Bears and the Lions. 
Uh, I don't know. I like what the Lions have done. I don't know they're ready to be able to kind of take that big, huge next step forward. But in the next couple of years, that might not be a bad football team. I wonder what uh, is going to happen to the Chicago Bears along the way. Compare the two. Yeah, I'm, I, I kind of think that the Lions might surprise people. Not that they're going to make this playoff run or you know compete for the division, but I think they're going to be better than people expect. That was a team that under Dan Campbell last year, I thought played hard. They gave you know teams like Baltimore fits. You know they lost some close ones at the end, but they battled in every game. And you look at the additions they added, obviously Hutchinson and Williams in the first round. You know they look to be better on paper than they were last year. And Jared Goff is probably not their long-term answer. But I think he's good enough for what they are right now, and perhaps they address the quarterback position in next year's draft. And for the Bears, you know, obviously it looks like they're going through a full-on teardown and rebuild right now. You know, whether they have done enough around Justin Fields remains to be seen. I tend to believe that they haven't done enough to help him yet. I'm not ready to write him off, but you wonder if he's going to get enough time and help over the next two years, or if eventually they'll move on in a different direction. So I think. Look, from where I sit, the Lions, in my mind, are trending up. The Bears are kind of trending, treading water. We're going to ask you about the Deshaun Watson situation. Obviously, there's a lot of, a lot of you know, wonderment what's going on and what's going to happen with him regarding the NFL, what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield. There's Jimmy Garoppolo that fig- figures into all of this mix for the fact that he may end up looking to be traded out of there. Give me your thoughts on Deshaun Watson and the situation in Cleveland first. Yeah, Bill, I mean, I'd be surprised if I, I would be – you know, stupefied if we see Deshaun Watson for a full game, 17-game slate this season. I, I do believe that at some point here, his suspension will be coming. And we're hearing that not only have two more lawsuits been filed last week, you know, with respect to the civil cases that he's facing in court right now, that Tony Busby, the attorney for the plaintiffs, has said that there will be more coming. You know, that New York Times report that came out that shed some explosive details, not just on Watson's behavior, you know, but perhaps the Houston Texans being involved and. In, you know, Attorney Busby said that he's going to add the Texans as a defendant. It seems that this situation is just getting worse rather than better from the perspective of Deshaun Watson playing this season and playing a full 17-game slate. I would be surprised if he plays full 17 games. Frankly, I think it's more likely that he's out this season, the entire season, than he plays a full 17-game slate. So I think, you know, Cleveland's going to have to start making preparations for, you know, Watson not seeing the field for an extended period of time. Now, whether that's a Jacoby Brissett situation, whether they trade, I can't imagine they would win a trade for Garoppolo. Maybe they're going to really hold a team like the Carolina Panthers, hold their feet to the fire in terms of moving on from Baker Mayfield. But this Watson situation seems to be getting worse by the death. Uh, so Jimmy Garoppolo, real quick, where does he end up or does he stay with San Francisco? Yeah, with the injury, it's going to be really hard for mo- to move him. It might be a scenario where he doesn't get moved until, say, August. You know, maybe a team has a situation where a starter or a backup goes down. You know, we have injuries that happen, and sometimes teams need a quarterback, you know, closer to the start of the season. And it might be a situation where, because he himself is rehabbing from a shoulder surgery, the 49ers will hang on to him and see if something sort of comes up during training camp where a team suddenly has a need at the position. Because, you know, the game of quarterback musical chairs seems to be slowing down here. You know, we're hearing a lot of reporting today about, Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers, you know, that would take away one more chair for a potential Garoppolo destination. And so it might be a scenario where he does indeed start training camp with San Francisco when he's ready to go, but maybe a team because of an injury has a need at the quarterback position. And that's when he gets moved. Mark, great stuff as always, man. I appreciate your time. Okay. Thanks so much, Bill. Have a great day.
Absolutely. You too. There you go. Mark Schofield of the NFL Wire. You can find his stuff at Mark Schofield over on Twitter at Mark Schofield. When we come back, pick up where we left off. Hear more from Matt LaFleur. Stay tuned. That's all on the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show. We continue on this portion of the program. It's brought to you by our friends at JL Tire Service. Lyle and his staff do a lot of great things, a lot of philanthropic work. They are right off the Johnson Creek exit on 94 and about a, a block north of 94. As a matter of fact, you can see the Goodyear sign from there. But whether it's tires or brakes, oil changes or major engine repair, if you're a tractor, the trailer driver, over the road driver, they can help you out as well. So from soccer moms to over the road, it doesn't matter. They can do it all. Check out JNLTire.com and support good people who support their communities. Again, JNLTire.com. That is JNLTire.com, both in Johnson Creek and in Watertown. Matt LaFleur continues on talking to the media. Let's get back into that. Take a listen to it now. Matt, do you have a feel for where your ACL guys are, Dave, Belton, Robert, and Kylan? Um, or can you not tell even that at this point, you know, in the, in the process? Yeah, I think they're all making progress, but, you know, we'll, we'll have a better idea as, as we get closer to training camp. And, again, those are some really important players for us, And uh, but they're, they're doing well while they've been here. Would there be anything that would keep Bakhtiari from participating in training camp? I mean, time will tell. I, I We fully anticipate in him being ready to go but um you know we we did last year as well so i think time will tell but we feel good about the work that he's put in and where he's at when does training camp start for, for you know for some of us want to plan vacations <laughs> when does it start wallers i think the 22nd uh we're gonna have the rookies in and then is it the 26th yeah okay the, the, that's where we report the 26th so 27th will be practice number one Matt, at this time of year, I know a lot of it's teaching and all that, but there, are there some position groups that you can get more of an evaluation on than others uh, at this stage of the year? Yeah, I think definitely in terms of just like like we talked about earlier, you know, it, it is a little bit more challenging when you're doing more walkthrough and less full-speed work, especially not having pads on. So um, I think it, it tends to be a little bit more easy to evaluate the back end, the skill positions, um, because it's so much more emphasis on the passing game. And, and, uh, and you know, we've done a lot of seven-on-sevens and whatnot, and, um, but we've, we've gotten a pretty good look at all those guys. Speaking of those guys, what do you think of Keyshawn and uh, Sean Davis? Those seem to be your next men up at this super early stage of things. Yeah, I think they, they've done a nice job. They've approached it the right way. And, um, you know, they just, it's going to be a lot on them in terms of where, where they are when we come back. They got to stay in the book and, and up to speed on just all the, the nuances of those positions. But they're going to have a lot of opportunity. That same thing. How have you seen TJ Slayton progress, especially now that he's got Devontae Wyatt there, too? Yeah, TJ's done a nice job. I think just his his work capacity alone has definitely increased, and I think that that's a learning curve for a lot of young players. 
is they don't know what necessarily what they're getting into when they first get into this league. And a lot of these guys, you know, after the combine, they go on basically a world tour and they're, they got teams bringing them in and they have inconsistent workout routines. And so it, it is a little bit more challenging for some of the guys than others. Um, but TJ's done a nice job. I think he's, I think he's light years ahead of where he was a year ago. What have been your initial impressions of Reed and what were your impressions of him as an opposing coach in the past? Yeah, Jaron's a, a, a guy you can see the talent. I mean, you can see why he was what an early second-round pick. And, um, you know, he's he definitely brings an element in terms of his ability to rush the passer uh, from from inside, which we, we need. Um, you can never have enough pass rushers, so they make everybody on the defense better. But, no, he's... He's got a great attitude. He's um, just a fun guy to be around, and he, he's got great intensity out at practice, and um, I think he's acclimated himself well to our system. Matt, in your three years, I think you've run the ball on average 42% of the time. With, with, with some questions maybe at wide receiver, is this a year where you could see that number going up, maybe where you're closer to a 50-50 split? Totally depends on the game. So I, I don't want to go in there with any preconceived notions. You know, we're just going to we're going to always attack it the same way in terms of what gives us the best opportunity to win the football game. And I think there's always a lot of assumptions uh, about how we're going to do that. And certainly when you have two great running backs, you, you feel good about giving them the ball. But it's other ways than just running the football to get them involved in the offense and um, both those guys are, are very versatile players out of the backfield. Uh, they both have great hands, and it's, it's great because they, they both complement each other very, very well as two in terms of just their style of how they run and uh, the different things you can do with them. So, you know, time will tell in terms of how we progress when we get into training camp, when we get the pads on, when we get into the preseason games. And, and I think that it's... Um, It'll be something that will kind of naturally evolve over time in, in terms of how we're going to attack a defense. That's good. Thank you. All right, guys. There you go. That's Matt LaFleur. That's it. As uh, Now he gets uh, his guys ready to, uh, to head off to parts unknown and then reconvene come training camp. And the good news is that he said they fully expect David Bakhtiari to be ready. So cross your fingers that actually happens. Stick around. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Listening to that as I head north up to uh, to Rice Lake coming up uh, later on this afternoon. Rice Lake Celebrity Golf Outing getting underway on Thursday. Going to be there doing the uh, broadcast tomorrow at Turtleback, uh, and which is just love going there. I love being a part of that and, and such. And uh, so then uh, then uh, on Friday going to be at Link Ford and RV Center, 
after that, going to be back uh, into the Milwaukee area for the uh, motorcycle ride coming up this weekend for our friends at Boondocks. And that begins at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. If you're looking for a great place to go or maybe something good to do if you do ride, this weekend, Wisconsin Harley-Davidson is going to be the host as uh, they send you off in style. And then it's uh, the um, the Heroes ride. And that's going to end up at Boondocks. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, heading out to Boondocks, barbecues, burgers, and brews. And uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to have Breaking Cadence after the fact right there on County Road K in Oconomowoc. A lot of good food, music. So it's going to be, the weather looks to be good too. That's the best part about it. Weather's going to be good. Nice, warm, first real summer, sweat your ass off type of weekend. I'm liking it. And we're going to be heading out to Boondocks this weekend after the uh, after the motorcycle ride. So come on by and, uh, and join them and say hello. Uh, I've never done this ride before, so I'm looking forward to it. Never been a part of this. So looking forward to that coming up this weekend. And then uh, the Oconomowoc Chamber of Commerce outing, I think, on Monday. And back into La Crosse on Wednesday. And so, yeah, a lot going on. A lot happening. Uh, going back to our question from earlier. And uh, this was from this one's from uh, Ernie. Ernie says, uh, no, cannot be rooting for the players on the LIV tour. Just feel as if they left something that was historic and traditional and leaving legacy behind. It's guys that are obviously selling out for the money. There's just something that there's just something that feels dirty about that. That's from Ernie. Uh, ben, is that kind of how you look at it or it does it matter to you? Kind of. I look at it maybe not as uh specific in terms of the players but I think overall for the state of the sport like if Phil Mickelson wins it would be a crazy story and it'd be entertaining to follow but I think it would be bad for you know the tour itself like I'm definitely on the side of the tour and all this because I I think golf is better when you know it isn't separated like it is now or what the live is trying to do so I'm I guess rooting for the guys that stuck around and said I want to play for legacy on the tour because then, like, if, if one of the Live guys wins in a way that will validate what the Live is doing and definitely shine a better light on it and take I away from say, its downfall. What happens if, like, Phil Mickelson wins? Can you imagine that? Chaos. Right? It, it, it's, it, on one hand, you have to understand why you're upset. Why you're, did, did, did they, did they, do you feel abandoned because of legacy, like Ernie? Do you feel like... They kind of sold their souls to the devil, so to speak. Do you feel as if they are just taking the money and running? Uh, Did they abandon the tour that you love so much and maybe you're just mad about that? Or maybe you just don't care, which is possible too. Maybe you just don't give a damn. It's just like, yeah, you know what? They're going to go play golf. They're getting paid. Who cares? You know, if somebody was going to give me millions of dollars, maybe I'd go play. I, I don't know. I don't know what your concern is. But, man, can you imagine if Phil Mickelson or one of the Live Tour guys wins this thing? And then, because they are locked out of, say, the uh, World Golf rankings when it comes to the Live Tour, how much do they then fight to be a part of that tour because of the win from players of the Live Tournament then being on, the you know, playing in the U.S.? So it's just, it, it, it just, there's so much to it. Holy mackerel, there's so much to it. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. If you want to uh, want to hit us up, feel free. Because there, there's a lot. There's a lot to this. There's a lot of uh, 
There's a lot of different sides to all of this that I find rather interesting. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Um, I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> Just somebody over on the Bud Light live stream. I don't, I don't know what that means. So, <laughs> Oh, he's meaning tour. Tour. Okay. Uh, it's, well, East Coast. It is what it is. He's talking about accents, I guess. Uh, this is from Annie. Annie says, uh, nope, don't feel too dams about Phil Mickelson. Don't feel, don't feel too dams about Phil Mickelson. He made his bed, let him sleep in it. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is Justin. He says, uh, it doesn't matter to me. I'm a golf enthusiast. I like to watch good golf. I'm not going to be rooting for the guys in the live tour. I'm going to be rooting for the brewers to get a win. Okay. Emphatic there. Uh, this is from Justin, who also says, and next big thing, NASCAR race, Elkhart, uh, Elkhart Lake. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, we were asking before, what's the next big thing you're looking forward to? Now that you've got, you know, bucks are done. Uh, I don't know many. I mean, there's many people in the area that do pay attention to who's winning right now when it comes to the uh, NBA Finals. I think there's more people probably rooting for Golden State, then there are Boston. Golden State now leads that series three games to two. But, yeah, I'm not as fully vested in it. Had I, uh, um, I'm not fully, I'm not as fully vested in it just because, you know, I just, I, I'm just not. There's, there's enough going on in the state. There's enough going on around us that it just, I like it. I watch it, but yeah, I'm not kind of like sitting, it's not must-see TV to me. I guess is the best way to put it. It's not to where I have to go, oh, my goodness, it's on tonight. Got to pay attention. Not happening. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to uh, hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and deal with. There you go. No problem. Uh, What else do we have? Oh, by the way, uh, when... And this is from uh, this is from Mina, who says, when they said Bakhtiari, they fully anticipate him being ready to go. Could you read that as he is not fully ready to go yet? Question mark. Mina, I I take it as they've taken it very slow. They've watched him very closely. They fully expect him to be ready to go come training camp. I I, I don't want to read too much into this. Okay. Um, Back to our conversation yesterday, real quick, when Mike Clemens was here, and Mike said, "Look, I don't know. I don't. We, Elton, J- Elton Jenkins is off to the side, uh, or Bakhtiari's off to the side, working out. He's not doing anything as far as being a participant. Not that he needs to, but there's certain guys that just aren't doing anything. They're just kind of on the bike, or they're just working out. They're doing their own drills, but they're not a part of the team activities. What I'll take this as is as." that Matt LaFleur says we've given him all the time. He played in the last game of the season. We think that he's going to be ready to go. Can we fully guarantee it? No. But this is what we believe. So I don't want to read too much into that. I hope that he's strapping the pads on on day one. I hope that Dean Lowry's strapping the pads on on day one. I hope that we see Elton Jenkins uh, doing more than just limping around. But there's guys that were doing just that. At these, at these camps, you know, as Mike alluded to, 
And when you see these guys and they're, you know, they're not really doing anything, they're kind of limping, they've got their, their other issues, ankle issues, knee issues, and things like that. Robert Tanyan, same thing. You know, it, just be patient. Let's see how it plays out. Right now, you're not winning a game and you're not losing a game. I know that they act like Red China, like suddenly somebody somewhere in some basement at some NFL team is writing down every word Matt LaFleur says. They're going to hold him to it, and he's doing a little subterfuge by not giving you every detail about every rehab. It's it, Who cares? Who cares? They haven't played it. We don't, we, it's not anywhere near September yet. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Two down, two to go. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.